associated with it. The young renunciate soon came across five ascetics, with whom he spent many years practicing strict meditation and other austerities. But ultimately he realized that this wasn't bringing him any closer to his goal of wisdom and enlightenment, so he left his companions behind. Having broken with their severe ways, he now decided to devote himself to a search for ultimate truth. He sat beneath the Bodhi tree, vowing not to move until he attained this goal of final realization. After much perseverance, Prince Shakyamuni was successful. He saw the true way all phenomena exist, and thereby attained the fully enlightened and omniscient state of a Buddha. Shakyamuni Buddha rose from his meditation and wandered through northern India until he once again encountered his five ascetic companions. They were initially determined not to acknowledge his presence, as they believed that he had renounced their true spiritual way. However, the glow of his enlightened state so affected them that they beseeched him to share his discovery. The Buddha then propounded the Four Noble Truths, the truth of suffering, its origin, the possibility of its cessation, and the path leading to that cessation. The Buddha showed the true nature of our miserable state. He taught the causes that bring about this situation. He established the existence of a state in which our suffering and its causes come to an end, and then he taught the method by which to achieve this state. While in New York City, His Holiness the Dalai Lama gave three days of teachings at the Beacon Theater. The subject of these talks centered on the Buddhist methods whereby one achieves ultimate enlightenment. He wove together the contents of two texts, the middle-length stages of meditation by the 8th century Indian master Kamalashila and the 37 practices of bodhisattvas by the 14th century Tibetan practitioner Togme Sangpo. Stages of Meditation was composed when the 33rd king of Tibet, Trisong Detsen, invited its Indian author to Tibet in order to defend the analytical approach to Buddhist practice favored in the great Indian monastic universities of Nalanda and Vikramalashila. This form of Buddhism, introduced into Tibet by Kamalashila's master, Shantarakshita, was being challenged by Hashang, a Chinese monk propounding a view that discouraged any mental activity. In order to establish which form of Buddhism would be followed in Tibet, a debate was held before the king. In the debate between Kamalashila and Hashang, Kamalashila was able to irrefutably establish the importance of mental reasoning in spiritual development and was thereby proclaimed the winner. To commemorate his victory, the king requested that he compose a text establishing his position. He wrote a long, a medium, and a short form of stages of meditation. Kamalashila's text outlines clearly and concisely what have been called the vast and profound stages of the path to highest enlightenment. Though often overlooked in Tibet, the book has immense value and His Holiness has devoted much effort to bring it to the world beyond. The second text, The Thirty-Seven Practices of Bodhisattvas, is a concise and clear description of how to live a life dedicated to others. Its author, Togme Sangpo, inspires us to change our habitual selfish tendencies and to instead act in recognition of our dependence upon our fellow beings. Togme Sangpo himself led the life of a simple monk, selflessly devoting himself to others through the practice of opening his heart to love and compassion. Throughout these talks, translator Geshe Tupten Jimba 
admirably expressed the subtle aspects of Buddhist philosophy taught by His Holiness, while also conveying the loving humor always present in His teachings. On the last day of His Holiness's visit, a Sunday morning, more than 200,000 people congregated in Central Park's East Meadow to hear him speak on eight verses on training the mind, a poem by the 11th century Tibetan sage Langri Tampa. Speaking in English, His Holiness conveyed his views on the importance of respecting our neighbors, our compatriots, our fellow nations, and all of humanity. He shared his way of transforming pride into humility and anger into love. He expressed his concern for the divide between rich and poor. He ended by leading a prayer for all beings to find happiness. The transcript of that Central Park talk follows in the introduction. I hope and pray that this program may help all who listen to it in their search for happiness, and that this happiness may in turn spread to others so that the hearts of all beings may in some way be opened. Introduction Central Park, New York, August 15, 1999 Brothers and sisters, good morning. I believe that every human being has an innate desire for happiness and does not want to suffer. I also believe that the very purpose of life is to experience this happiness. I believe that each of us has the same potential to develop inner peace and thereby achieve happiness and joy. Whether we are rich or poor, educated or uneducated, black or white, from the East or the West, our potential is equal. We are all the same mentally and emotionally. Though some of us have larger noses and the color of our skin may differ,